Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hey, welcome back to another episode of They Don't Bite. This week, I have my friend Stephen Taylor, who is a comedian based here in Kansas City. He's one of the first friends that I made when I moved here. Um, wonderful, wonderful friend. We've known each other for several years, and he is very, very talented. So if you have a chance, definitely look him up. You'll laugh a lot, I think. Uh, but Stephen is just such a kind-hearted, uh, passionate about Kansas City and the comedy scene here. And so I wanted to introduce you to him. Uh, and that's that's the conversation we're going to have. So if this is uh, new to you, you've been around they don't bite not that long please share this uh, find somebody that you're like hey these are fun conversations and you want to talk about these things with uh, would love to hear your feedback as well and so uh, but most importantly thank you for listening and thanks for being here so I don't want to do long intros anymore um, this is Stephen. <laughs> I don't know how to do it that's the problem I just keep rambling Steven Taylor, everybody. I feel like that whole planner is going to be filled. All right, let's do. The That's interview. okay. Let's do the interview. We got the interview. This is the first one. We, this is we're getting back into. Yeah, it. And, yeah. This yeah. is the first. I'm they don't terrible bite. at being. That's okay. Serious. We've we've been friends for so long. I now. know. Uh, when, it's weird. You know. Uh, when I first started, they don't buy. We would just become friends. Man, kind of. You, I mean, even then, because the barrel had already existed. Then you and I became That's friends. True. I remember when it oh. was we were doing the tank room open mic. You remember that? Yeah, I remember because we hung out. Yeah. Went to Town Topic or something. Sure. But then, like, we were going to the Tank Room open mic, or we had left. the. T- like, there was something, it was, like, around that time yeah. that I remember us hanging out, which I started thinking about. I was like, that was, like, 2016, maybe early 2017. Early when 2017. Did you move I moved to the December of 2016. Yeah, so I think so it, it was, was like beginning of 2017. Yeah, because you did uh, Clash and I beat you on that. And then no, you no, no, did, no. We, we, what? Yeah, I got second. I didn't place at all, did I? Uh huh. No, that's right. Not we, even a final. I threw a fit. Yeah, you were we so. Threw a fit. <laughs> Everybody was mad. Everybody was mad. Yeah, that it, was uh, not. It was ridiculous. Uh huh. I, I was the last one to perform. Whatever. Not to rehab five <laughs> years ago, but I was the last one to perform. And the guy who decides the winner had, was deciding the winners while I was performing. Yes. So he wasn't even watching my thing. Nope. Oh, it was so he was just picking me. And so when they did three and two, I was looking around. I was like. Oh, I won this thing, and then they said someone else, which everyone who plays deserved it. It was yes. great. Yeah, it was, everyone, a, good, it was a good lineup. Got so many good comics. Yes, but I was just yeah. And that, that was a. Uh, I, I was one of those like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I did crush that night. I remember that. Yeah, that all of those shows were great. And yeah. most people lost because they said the f word, and you just lost because they didn't even want to watch. They didn't, they didn't even want, want to see me. That was when Keith was running it. Whatever. They thought you were too popular. Well, I'm going to think about that the rest of the week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this episode's not coming out until the third one. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do. Oh man. Oh yeah, that was all. That was five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. And so then we started hanging out because you were the only other church person in the comedy scene. Yeah. And so is that the only reason we hung out? That's the only reason we hung out. <laughs> <laughs> and so no, that was uh, I think I don't remember how that came up, but it was you and Nick Nichols who were the only yep. other two 
Christians in the scene. Yeah. And uh, and so I uh, started hanging out with you um, at your apartment and we became like we became uh, patio pals. Yes. You know, on your yeah. back. We patio did Easter thing. together. We did. We That's did Easter right. together. It was a very yeah. nice afternoon. I've never, I, that was the only Easter lunch I had ever done. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and then that formed into our, our friendship, what it is. Yeah. And so uh, I think you're very, for people who don't know who Steven is, Steven is central to the Kansas City comedy scene. Um, when, so every scene's got like a guy or a gal, but like, you know, I'm saying like, who's the guy in that scene? You yeah. know, who's the person? Who's the, who's the one? Yeah. Um, and uh, for our scene, uh, it, uh, it was um, Craig Glazner. <laughs> 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 that's really funny jaron um, <laughs> did, did you ever get booked at stanford's <laughs> no no um and no but uh, but steven is that person for kansas city and only so, because aaron naylor has moved away i have I've well yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah for sure i mean i think aaron and uh no i was almost say something that's gonna sound bad i was gonna say aaron's more out on the road <laughs> <laughs> Aaron lives in Chicago as a sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. Aaron moved. Aaron. Aaron wasn't. It, yeah. Aaron has run a lot of shows here and has all the connections here. Yeah. But you are the person I think of who is like actively trying to, or or at least in the past five years was when Stanford and sons was not treating comics well uh, and was being super sketch. You were the spearhead to be like no, we're not as a scene. We're not going to take that um, when weird dudes have shown up to open mics and treated our female comics weird. You were a, a big part of being like, that's not welcome here. So you were uh, you were when I say like the person in the scene. Yeah, Aaron's got all the connections here and everything as well as you, uh, but you are a person who is starting the barrel and creating a space for other comics to succeed. Yeah, and so um, yeah, that's I, I don't think you understand how vital that is um, because it's been awesome. I mean, you're the reason that our podcasts exist because yep. you're you opened the barrel to bottoms and that's where we recorded. That's the only thing that I take credit for is yes. our podcast. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Taylor last night. Yeah. And no, for real though. I mean, like, genuinely, we had wanted to do that for a few years and just had no pathway to do that. And then you are a person who not only creates a pathway for yourself, but then uh, you know, doesn't doesn't pick up the pieces behind them, but like leaves that for other comics to to walk that as well. Yeah, I think that. I mean, you know how Kansas City is. Like, it always gets mm -hmm. overlooked. It is flyover country, but like, I came here from a small town. Like, yeah. I came here from you know small town Louisiana, and so Kansas City to me was like this whole new world. Yeah, to be just explored and kind of like getting a new video game where it's yeah. like oh, you can just go anywhere and do. I can go to a, uh, uh, like a, an arcade bar and then I can go like watch an amateur wrestling match and then I can go see a good concert. Like even just, you know, yeah. random things. You, you go see get. amateur wrestling at? Oh, who? I mean, wherever, you know, somebody's backyard. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. everywhere There's so many. It's just like open mic comedy. It's insane. Oh, really? Yeah. You could just like somebody's got a DIY backyard. Oh, ring. we need to go do that. Oh, absolutely. Do you know Hartzell? No, you don't know Hartzell. Gray? And now we're oh, about you gotta to Hartzell's. Okay, great. Well, he's a popular Kansas City dude. He's like one of the more popular media personalities. He's the voice yes. of Sporting KC. Yes. Okay, but Hartzell is an amateur wrestler. 
announcer also. And oh, like I thought you were saying he was an amateur wrestler. I was like, that, that guy's a stick. He that is so, he yeah, is, I was like, there's no way. He's a manager. He's one of the guys on oh the side gosh. of the ring. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, we should do that. But when I got to Kansas City, it was like, you know, you can do whatever you want. Sure. And so uh, I've always really just loved being here. Yeah. And when I first started doing comedy, you know, we had a lot of people who were trying to put on shows and put things together and just kind of scrounge around and yeah. produce things and give people a platform. And so, I don't know, I've always just kind of felt like we were continuing what everybody did. You know, Rod Reyes was a big person who like yeah. always put was on shows. putting on shows and also like bringing younger comics yeah. with them. And so, I don't know, I think in the spirit of that and in the spirit of anti-Stanford's a little bit. Yeah, I think that was <laughs> yeah. it. It was like, yeah, it's been... It's been fun to see this scene grow. And I don't mean to say like you are the sole person that I think. Oh, that's how I took it. Oh, okay, great. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, and then if you need that, that's good. Uh, no, I just mean like Kansas City's comedy scene is, you know, very close knit. Yeah. Um, and you were part of the glue that kind of held that together um, and created those avenues that even if you're not at the barrel, then other people are at the barrel and creating an, an opportunity for us to, to build a stronger for sure. Scene. So sure. it's really, really cool is what I mean to say. Well, so thank you. I was trying to encourage you, but you know, it's hard for me to take a compliment. We don't do it. We don't. Uh, it's hard for us to compliment each is, other. Yeah. Co yeah. Comics are very, <laughs> um, yeah. So you moved here from Louisiana. You grew up in Louisiana. Yep. So for people who don't know anything about you, right? Uh -huh. So I, I said earlier that we connected uh, over church sure. that you and I were the only church people. You guys were going to Hillsong at the time. It was, uh, well, yes. Oh, it was the cause. It was the cause. It Sorry, was before it, was it became cause. Hillsong. Yes, that's right. And I, I went once and I was like, I don't know if this is my speed, but uh, you guys were very involved there and yeah. you invited me there uh -huh. and that's kind of how we started hanging out. Yep. So tell me how you come from Louisiana to the cause um, and tell me how you grew up in church or you know what was what was your background with faith? So like I didn't grow up in church per se. I mean I guess I grew up near it. My I went to like an AA church. Have you heard of these? It's like just I guess it's you know a bunch of alcoholics are like we need a church where we can go and feel Oh, okay. Welcomed. And so they have like these churches, like the vineyard is a franchise church. Sure. So I went to this when I was like eight through 10. Yeah. This first place I saw stand up, the preacher's son did like a Mitch Hedberg impersonation. Oh. Which, because he's surprisingly clean. Yeah. And I was watching it going, this is hilarious. I thought he was coming up with all the jokes, but oh, I remember yeah, yeah. that. Now, like, now you go back, you go, that's a Mitch Hedberg joke. Well, yeah, he yeah, yeah. said, I'm doing a Mitch Hedberg impersonation, but even as an eight year old, I was just like, this what is, is this? Amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'd never heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so were your parents uh, Christians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would definitely consider themselves. And I, I would say, I don't know. Yeah, what else I would call them? I, okay. Yeah, but I mean, like, so were they going to that church every week? Or? My dad was. Okay. And my mom worked nights, mm. so like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, she worked nights, so she couldn't go. Sure. To church and was just never about it. But she was always like a praying person. Yeah. And always putting God into different lessons or whatever. Right. It was. I didn't like start going to church until actively until I was in high school. Like yeah. when I was like a junior or senior in high school, there was like a girl I was dating who was okay. assembly of God. 
So I went and did that, you know, Pentecostal yeah. light. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden modern Pentecostal rolling around on the floor with There's no shoes tongs. on. I grew up Baptist and then went to an AG college yep. and I was very afraid. It's it was it's <laughs> concerning. <laughs> It's it was it was just a, a it was an adjustment. Yeah, you know? I think that's it. When you walk yeah. in and you just go the first I, time you hear someone speaking tongues. You're oh like, my god! You're like, am I a crazy? Am I crazy? I think the thing that got me into it. So at that AA church, they had had. I remember this so distinctly. But they okay. had had like a, a get together at somebody's house. Yeah, and then it turned into a prayer thing. And then okay. somebody started speaking in tongues and kind of writhing on the ground. And I just yeah. remember that distinctly in the back of my mind. I remember seeing it and just being like, <laughs> I, got, I got no clue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Feels like something holy is happening, but I don't know what it is. And then I left. Uh, and then, you know, 12 years later, went to that church yeah. and people were Jericho walking and speaking in tongues. And it was they like flags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flags and tambourines. A trombone yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. But there was part of it that you were just like, am I doing something wrong? Like, why okay. do I not feel this way? Oh, and interesting. So then when her and I broke up, I was kind of back out of the church, but I had still kind of gotten into it. You know, it had kind yeah. of woken. Now you're like involved in a youth group. Yeah, I've got like so an idea. Like, you know, I'm sure. going to this thing every week. It's part of my routine. And so then I had friends that were at a Baptist church, big youth group. Yeah. Big Baptist church. And uh, we started going there and I think I was like lost and just looking for a community because I got like, I mean, in it, you know, as soon as I sure. started, I had these people that, I don't know, it just, whatever, for whatever reason. Yeah. All of a sudden you have friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you experience that for the first time in your life. Uh, it's amazing when you finally have something in common with somebody. <laughs> like, oh, whoa. <laughs> well, I had went from, you know what it was, I think, honestly, is I had went from like when I was in between the AA church and dating that girl in high school. Sure. I was drinking all the time. I had friends that were older than me and school. I was smoking with. Yeah. yeah. And they were seniors when I was a sophomore. So going into my junior year, all of my friends they had did graduated. leave. Got it. And I had also been doing the Assembly of God thing. So I was like, I shouldn't be smoking. I shouldn't be drinking yeah. i should be you know so that combined with losing kind of my community at school now i sure. had this community this youth group community and yeah i mean just immediately like you're plugging in the yeah. generator and we're running all we're night going, like sure. uh did all the camps all the every wednesday every sunday and then went into college and then in college interned at a Baptist church. Yeah. Was given sermons and all of that. And yeah, it was like a you like a, dove head first into all of it. I mean, yeah, just like immediately yeah. was the most on fire person you had ever met. Sure. Super judgmental was a thing that I like look back on very regretfully. You were oh, incredibly. Interesting. Incre like I just because I had I think I what it is is I think it's I've reflected is like self hatred kind of i think it's like self-judgment where you're like okay i used to smoke i used to i can't believe i used to do that that's when i wasn't a christian oh gotcha I used to cuss i used sure. to listen so i was like especially the churches that i was going to were very legalistic yeah whether it was assembly of god or baptist just sure. those communities down there were just very you do this you do not do this right and that stuck and so i 
I look back on those times and I was like leading youth. I was like leading young men yeah. in ways that I was like, oh God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor guys. was like, oh man. Yeah, like, oh. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, dude, when I was 20, I was uh, like a student pastor. Right. And I'm like a couple years older than these kids. Right. And it's like, I, what do I know? Exactly. Yeah. And also, it's like, you know, I'm teaching these kids what? Don't listen to secular music. You got to listen to Mercy Me. Yeah. I'm like robbing these kids of joy. <laughs> I'm like stealing. They're never going to listen to Rage Against the Machine oh again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so you, you pivoted and started then because you were comparing it to the way that you, you had used to live, mm-hmm. right? Then you're looking at other people and so you would uh, I guess it almost turns into like a pride of like I've quit doing this. Yeah, I think yeah. so. You know, like there are good sober people and there are sober people who are like I'm sober, you know, yeah. like you know the difference. Yeah, You've met sure. these people and like I think it it's goes the same way s- that like people who are good with money and budgeting uh, and then there's people who look down on the poor and yes. they're like, yeah, it's because they're not good at budget and you're right. like, you're like, oh, hold on. Right. <laughs> right, right. This is sure. a skill set that you have. This is a yeah. thing that you've done. Sure. You should be happy. But like, yeah, I don't know. I assume that it was a lot of like self-judgment looking back. Oh, sure. Because my family's not judgmental. Yeah. In any way. Yeah. And so that was definitely you a vibe. Like, that killer. was like a new, like you were looking down. Were you looking down on your family? Oh, God, dude. Have I ever told you about my funeral sermon? A oh eulogy? yeah, we tried to give like I'm uh, giving like an altar call at my aunt's funeral, and my she's aunt, like, <laughs> my and my aunt is like rapping. <laughs> she's, <in laughs> she's in the aunt, like, come on. My dude. aunt is like a gambler, yeah, an addict. And you're saying all that in the eulogy. Well, I'm like, I'm just like, who knows where she's going? You said that like, in the yes, eulogy, dude. In the eulogy, and I'm like, and I want to know where all of my family's going. So like, if you, you know, this the, is a chance to accept you Jesus hand? Christ as oh, your Lord and savior. Wow. Like I'm like, I'm doing everything because it was how, like, how powerful is Cox internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow today internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network speeds vary and are not guaranteed Cox terms and other restrictions apply it gamified it I think how I mean in that like are you saying that flipped overnight like you joined a youth group you had these friends and kind of all of a sudden that was there like I guess I'm like (sighs) this is all your senior year no. So, I mean, it was like right away, like my junior year. Cause like I said, I had been priming it sure. with the assembly with of God, God stuff, thing. which is like very yeah. much a lot of emotion, right? A lot of emotion is tied up in that. Not to say that none of it's real, but sure. like it's pulling at some yeah. of these strings. And yes, yeah, so when I found that Baptist community of people, my age, yeah, I didn't have a youth group at the other one. I just had my girlfriend. And so when I found that youth group of people, my age, who were at another level than I was. Yeah. I was like, well, well, I'm going to bump on. I'm at least competitive. I'm the spiritual leader. (laughs) Exactly. That was it. I wanted to be, I think that's a great way to put it is the spiritual leader. Yeah. Whatever that, I think a spiritual leader, I have a totally different definition for what that is now. Yeah, sure. Than I did then. I just thought it was like the outspoken, the good guy that you listen to at the youth group, you know? Yeah. And, I think and so it you just, had to become that role, right? Sure. I, I got rid of all my friends. I like stopped, mm. you know, 
they talk about it. It's still like a kind even the cause was talking about it, which is a pretty non-legalistic church at all, which I think was the most sure. attractive part about it. But like, even there, like you got to cut your circle, you know, you got to, and the yeah. way that you phrase that, I understand what it means, right? Be careful the company that you sure. keep. And but as I, like an, an, an like emotionally healthy adult, you can go, okay, yeah, that's, there's smart wisdom here. Right. But as an immature high schooler, I often took that as, oh yeah, I can't associate with them at all. Exactly. And yeah. I think the framing of it matters. Yeah. Right. It's like, why are you cutting these people out? Sure. What are they doing that you don't want? And, you know, that's going to affect you poorly. And if also, it's just because they're not a Christian, yeah. I think that's a weird reason to cut somebody out. Sure. You know, that was always kind of how it was brought up to me is like, you shouldn't be, it's like the total opposite of what I believe now, which is like, oh, yeah. you shouldn't be associating with sinners all the time. Yeah. You got to have like, it was also a level of I had to let people know that I was cutting them out. Yes. And why? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which made it worse. So toxic. That was like, <laughs> so like, judgmental. And looking back, I go, oh, I was, I was the bad friend a lot right. of times. Right, right, right. In trying to be like, you're a bad friend. Have you been on Reddit where it's like, am I the asshole? <laughs> yeah. AITA. Yeah. If I submitted any story of myself yeah. from 17 until 19, the answer is yes. So that was like the window that, was that the, you feel like that was the most. What happened in 19 that would close that? So then? we got kicked out of the youth group because they were like doing, they oh. would do prayer gossip in the board of the church. They would do what? Like prayer gossip. Like we oh, got to pray for Mackenzie. Sure, sure, sure. She was having sex with James. Yeah. Uh, who's we got Kate? Who's we? So me and my girlfriend at the time, Emily. Yeah. Emily was working at the youth group with me. That's like kind of how we really met and started dating was both sure. working in the church and stuff. And uh, we were youth leaders. And um, when we started, everything was pretty cool. But then, you know, you start to, once you work in the church and you start to see the things fade away, yeah. you're like, okay, I can see behind the curtains you see the Wizard of Oz and you're like, all right, this is a little different sure. than I expected. And we heard- In what ways? Well, I mean, it was like, I mean, I think this is- very, for, your, for your church anyway. Yeah, for yeah. my church, it was always just like, you know, I, I've always had troubles with authority. Oh, okay. And so if I don't get like a straight answer, if I don't feel like you have my best interest at heart or yeah. if I can trust you, then I get very worried. Sure. I remember I mentioned gay marriage and how- I was like a fan. I was like, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. fan. <laughs> yeah. Love, love the gay marriages. Uh, but like I'd had gay aunts, so that informed a lot of my opinion yeah. where I was like, this is fine, whatever. Let people do whatever they want to do. Sure. We don't get to control that. But I remember a pastor being like, like somebody I held very close was like, yeah, you just like to be different. Like just discounted my opinion as- oh. You're trying like a like a Christian like hipster. Just dismissed it, yeah. Yeah, like oh yeah, you're trying to be one of those, and sure. So that kind of stuff, you know. So seeing behind the curtain, as in like seeing, I was wondering if like if you felt like there was a gap for some of the staff, the way they were living outside of that, or if you thought like so for me, seeing behind the curtain, uh, you know, a couple of churches I was at was the uh, almost production element yes. or the you know. Um, 
in my own family, our Sunday best kind of stuff where you and that was like my family. You know, we went to church every Sunday. We were a part of a, a church launch or whatever um, when I was like in elementary school. Oh, really? but seeing behind the um, you know how we acted on Sunday versus how the rest of the week went right um, and then from a very early age it created a dichotomy in me that when I am around church people or I do this church thing I act and talk a certain way sure. and then when I'm back home I can kind of not do that as much right not that I was like at home like you know not my parents were like cussing up a storm at home or whatever. It wasn't like a huge difference. You know, we're just, yeah, yeah. they're Midwest white people, but like, you know, <laughs> but it, it was very much, you know, no one at church talked about our family fights and like, you know, my parents working out my my parents were my age, you know, um, and figuring out relationships and having struggles and yelling and, you know, not right. knowing how to do conflict, um, but we would just pretend like none of that, you know, was a thing. Yeah, um, and so yeah, anyway, creating that I, so. get, I think I had a little bit of that too. Now for my, you know, to that same chagrin, most of the pastors and the people, the leadership was again at that kind of level Yeah, where you're like, okay, well I'm going to strive to that. Sure. But then I started to, especially when I got to college, there was like a pastor who I, most of them, you know, very much talked down to us. Oh. And when we would bring up issues, it was just kind of like discounting. It was like a you don't, you don't know as much as I do kind of thing. Yeah, you don't get it type stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, maybe I don't, but like, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's be open and have a discussion. And I remember the prayer gossip thing happened, and Emily took concern with it, and oh. and raised went that to concern him and was like, hey, was like, hey, this is a problem. Sure. And sh- he basically like told her off like it was like a big blow up fight Mm. and she quit oh if i remember correctly and then i as the hero boyfriend yeah went in to give him a piece of my mind and was like this is insane what you're doing and i remember he he started talking to me like i was a seminary student he goes i'm a shepherd leading Mm. a flock and you can't see it, but because you're behind the gates. And I I just remember losing my mind. Like my temper just yeah. completely popped. And I was just like cussing up a storm. I mean, just these things that I had never, I had always kept in because I was the same way about being around sure. church. I'm not going to let this stuff and go. Just like letting it out. I, and I'm just like, and I could feel it. Yeah. And I remember leaving there and going like, do I really like any of this mm. or have I just been doing it to do it? And so then, you know, I went and I had my first college party. Okay. And because I had set and my you're life. you're still dating Emily at that point. Still dating Emily. Yeah. We, yeah, we stayed together. Sure. Because um, we both were kicked out of the church. We both got hurt by it. Yeah. And Did you guys go to a different church? Or? No. Well, so that was the thing. The I mean, college like, party I scene. think like a month later I started, I went to a college party for the first time. And the way that I had set my life up was either or. Oh, either you drink or you're a Christian, either you party or you're a Christian. Wow. Right. Like that is how I define myself. Even now, when you ask me, are my parents Christians? There was a piece of me that was like, well, you know, I don't know if they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior, but it's like, they call themselves Christian. Of course. Like, yeah, they're Christians. So when I started partying, yeah, I turned that to now twelve. I'm now yeah. I'm now I'm on now fire. Now this is where I'm finding friendship and connection right, and community, right? And acceptance well, and validations, and also just like 
I was having fun for the first time because when yeah. you live your life in a legalistic fashion, God, it is not fun. Like yeah. you don't have to party and smoke to have a good time. But when you are constantly anxious about making a misstep or right. doing the right thing or the wrong thing, making somebody stumble, mm-hmm. you know, when my perspective is, uh, focused on other people's perception of me, mm-hmm. I, it's so easy to get lost. And yeah. I think anytime I get lost, I cling on to something and yeah. I crank it to 12. I'm just like, well, this is, yeah, this is mine. Sure. And so, yeah, party and just like became maximized to 12. I had all of my friends around and sure. to be fair, like those are better friends that I've had because they saw me when I was my realist, you know, yeah. not just drunk, but like I wasn't pretending to be, this thing, this yeah. like on fire Christian for whatever reason. It could have been for God, but it was also like for definitely for stuff. show. Sure. And so, yeah, I think that informed a lot. And then when we got, we, you know, we moved to Kansas City and it was an important thing for Emily mm-hmm. was us doing church. Yeah. And that's very much what it felt like to me. Really? Was doing church. like So that's when you guys got back into it was when you moved to Kansas City? We moved to Kansas City. I had lived here for six months. Yep. That was when, I think that's before you and I met. Yep. And Because she had already lived here when. Yeah, I was real depressed because yeah. I was just here by myself and doing comedy all the time and nothing is more depressing than an open mic. And so yeah. I was working in politics. No, I know. I Yeah, <laughs> I, I also lived here yeah, I by was, myself. You went to the tank room open mic. You went yeah, to the, I was there. We, you know, I was working in politics, which I hated. Yeah. And then I was going out and doing comedy, which I loved, but very alone, which I hated. And it was cold. And so I was just like miserable. And then when we got married and she moved up here because we couldn't live together either. Uh, It was like, yeah, because you guys didn't do that. We couldn't. Yeah, it was not going to happen. Both of our family. Well, some of our families were very sure by the book. But um, when we got married, she was like, you know, I really want to go to church. And so it was like, okay, I'll make a sacrifice. Sure. For where I was still feeling very hurt yeah and jaded towards what the church could be i was like yeah every church is like that so we go to the cause yeah and the cause is anti-legalism to the point of like uh, you know i mean it was the complete it was a complete 180 but their production value was maximized to like a 12 <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and there was a piece of me that was just kind of like yeah i'm at a show like oh, that sure. you know i would sit there and i'd be like this is like a nice concert. This yeah. is like a nice little show. And it was good for me. It was nice to have a church that said, you know, we went out and protested the Muslim bill yeah. that got passed because it was like, even the church was like, yeah, come you on. Should, let's be, what are we doing? Well, yeah, let's be good people. And I was like, what a cool church. Sure. So I was enjoying that for a while. And then, yeah, I mean, eventually it just. Sure. So from 19 to when you moved to Kansas City, you weren't really involved with church stuff. No, 19 until like 24, 25. So you're saying that you went from quote unquote on fire, uh-huh. right? And an overzealousness and giving a eulogy at your aunt's funeral to one big blow up fight with a pastor. And then you were just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's like. Did anybody invite you in those years between? Was that what was the years between like spiritually for you? Yeah, I mean, people would invite. It was very torn. It was very much like I knew Emily really liked it, like yeah. the idea of going back sure. and trying things. And I would go, and then I was just like. I mean, there was nothing. Like I was just yeah. turned off completely. So weird. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. completely cold and like numb. Yeah, I would go yeah. and I'd just be like, "Yeah, I get it." Yeah, that was kind of the thing. I think when you work in it too, it's kind of like comedy. You know, it's hard for me to watch a Netflix special without being it's hard like for me to watch any comedian. Yeah, and, I know exactly kind yeah. of how they're thinking or what they're doing or you know, the production of the thing. Sure. So. It just got like really tough to buy in or to feel you know, to feel like it was worth my time, yeah. really, because I felt very spiritual. Okay, I felt like I was I was still praying a decent amount. Really, a decent amount for me. Which what was, is what what were prayers look like? Uh, I mean, I was usually just praying for guidance. I think that's always been what it was. Yeah, is like guidance and pretty much it. Yeah. Direction. Am I doing the right thing? I've sure. always been like a, I need validation. Mm. Is this the right move? Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, I would do that. Do you think that um, anxiety of doing the right or wrong thing uh, played a role in how hard you committed to one way of life or the other? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I think you, I mean, again, I think I just set it up with it is either one or the other. Yeah. There is not a life I can live where I go to church and I have a beer. Like I used to dip. Dip was a big thing for me. I dipped from like 13 until I was 26. Yeah. And I cut it out for one year when I was a senior in high school. So you served how old? 13. Okay. It's Louisiana. At 13, I was dipping beef jerky. Dude. Like, you <laughs> oh, know, we the were, gas station where the little beef oh, jerky. Yeah. Oh, do yeah. I remember? Dude, you were doing that at 12. That's what <laughs> dude, beef jerky chew yeah. was my gateway drug. Yeah, my middle name was Jack Link. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so. Sorry, you go ahead there. Did you? you are you thinking about a? Are you thinking about a thirteen-year-old trying to pack a dip? Is that? I'm thinking about. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean to get off track there. That's. I think about middle school. Okay, Louisiana, I guess. Well, and I used to go fishing all the time, and I just had a buddy oh, whose sure. dad dipped, and so he would steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cans, and so I mean, we kind of started. Sure. And then I think at like sixteen is when I was like. So do you think you have like an addictive personality? Oh then? my god. You yeah, the guy who turns everything to twelve. Yeah, that's yeah, that's through and through. I went to an AA church. Like that should really defy. That's, that's like a very much a yeah, very. I guess I, I the, you beautiful that portrait of for sure where my life was, and that was the beautiful thing about AA. Yeah, was being able to recognize when things were getting out of hand, sure. and that might have played a role in like how I started to feel after the blow up. Because I don't think it was like I was on fire, then there was a blow up. Now I'm not on fire. Oh, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I think that's what a, I was. It's a much slower, like a realization of the same thing I did when I was partying. Hey, man, you're turned up to 12 quite a bit. Yeah. You're drinking every day and yeah. like not an angry drunk. There's no problem. It's not causing a problem. Sure. I left college and I was like, whoa. Well, I'm at a 12. Yeah. Why is your liver yeah. hurt? <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even sure. know there was a thing you could feel. Sure. Yeah. Let's crank it down a little bit. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, I think AA taught me some of those things because that's where I grew up. I would go to meetings every weekend and you'd hear people tell these stories about, you know, not knowing it was too late until it was too late Mm -hmm. and hurting themselves accidentally. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. that." And so I think even with church, I could feel myself being cranked up to a 12. You know, people, when you're a judgmental asshole, people are going to let you know. Yeah. And I had buddies who, thank who God, like, hey. I had buddies who weren't in the church, roommates, yeah. Yeah. who I was forced to live with, who were just like, dude. I- How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. I think a lot of the reason that I, uh, because in college, I went to a Christian college, Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously, so I I think I was cranked up to 10 at one point. I was, you know, uh, tweeting Bible verses and, and, you know, uh, there was a year where I committed to carry my Bible with me everywhere I went. That sounds Um, just like me. Does it? Yes. Like, literally everywhere I went, I had my Bible under my arm, and like I mean everywhere. Yeah, always have my Bible with me. I'm sure my shoulders messed up still somehow. <laughs> You've got cartilage Just, problems. Uh, no, but I, I, you know, but it was. No, I don't want to say it was never for a right intention. Sure. Um, because it- I think I truly wanted to feel the way that I had seen other people feel with their faith. I wanted to experience those emotions and that spiritual high, especially like the spiritual high of like a camp, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I wasn't comfortable with just following the ways of Jesus as I wasn't comfortable with discipline and daily following as an expression of faith. I had in order to experience it at a 12 had to experience the constant highs and the constant um, and part of that part of that high would be um, thinking or feeling superior to someone else. Yeah. Um, And so and and maybe not even like a specific person, you know, sure. But I don't have to look at that person and go. I'm better than that person, right? And I think that's I I hear a lot of conversations where people are like Christians want to control people or whatever. I don't know. They don't care. I mean, they don't care about other people. They don't. They care about the idea of what that person is and being better than that. Right. And so, for example, like party people, uh-huh. I don't look at my friends who party and I'm like, oh, I'm better than that person. Mm-hmm. All right. I would I would look at partying in general and I would look at it as like they shouldn't do that because they're missing on the life that I'm living and like the the high that I've got. And oh, yeah. so yeah, like so it became a way of me feeling spiritually high um, without singling out anybody. Sure, but I could still be like, well, I would never do that. It was them. Yeah, it's, oh, for sure. It's way more them than yeah. it is her or him. Yeah, it's like a. And you know what else came out of that though? And this is, I'm curious if this came out of your twelve, you know, uh-huh. living of a, is that I wanted them to face the consequence. Isn't that a weird thing that you're like? There's this idea, right? That especially in the evangelical community, which is like you've got to preach the good word because yeah. if not, somebody could go to hell. And if you just let somebody go to hell, that means you hate that person. And we're called to love that person, right? So that forced me Bible around, yeah, being like, oh, let's strike up some conversation, see if I can save a person today. You know that kind of like, yeah. I never like 
we did beach reach, which is where you would, do yeah. you know beach yeah, reach? Yeah, I know what beach reach is. Yeah. You, you never do stand up sets at beach reach. Do you? <laughs> no. I'm not going to ruin some opportunities <laughs> not, for not, you. Not but, they know of not yet anyway, but beach reach is like, that was a very eye opening experience to me too. Sure. I think I went into that with very rose colored glasses and I left with maybe some clearer lenses about what I was a part of. Really? Which felt like mass manipulation. It was like you're taking drunk partiers yeah. on the beach of Panama City. You're giving them van rides to keep them safe because you love them. Mm-hmm. You're giving them Which pancake. Which is a good thing. It's a good thing. You're giving them pancake breakfasts yeah. and waffles because you love them. Which is a good thing. It's a great thing. But when framed with the mindset that we had, which is what it seemed like everybody had, which was we're out here to save. Yeah. We're here to save you from damnation. Yeah. And so it's like you've got drunk people in a car and you're trying to figure out how can I, from the beach to the hotel, save this person. Yeah. And, and it did, it did became, become like, again, that's a competitive thing. We're like, I saved I got like two salvations at beach reach this year. Like, you know, it goes from, I love you to, I love myself or Mm. I love it's selfishness painted as selflessness, right? Yeah. I got to talk to you about this thing. And it's like, well, and that's not what love is, right? Is that any, and this is what I, I try to explain a lot is that any friendship you have right the friendships you built with those people in the van on the way to the hotel right that's not a friendship right that is a project relationship where you are looking to them to have a finished goal for this interaction right you're a salesperson right and that's not love that is manipulation you're 100 percent right Mm -hmm. and so but and i'll say this it's safer for you than it is to have an actual deep relationship with that person. And I think that's why one of the, if I really think about the reasons I'm doing this podcast and I think about the reasons that we got into those kind of situations where mm-hmm. you're on the beach being like, I'm going to save these people. Uh, one, it's safer than having a relationship. There's no responsibility for that person beyond that interaction, right? As you go, I'm going to try to get you, introduce you to Jesus and I hope that your life goes on from there somewhere apart from me. Yeah. You know, um, but two people who focus on wanting to save everyone around them are usually people who are super focused on saving themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, what I would tell myself a lot was, I've got to do the right things and I've got to be the right things so God will like me, and then that way I can accept His grace. Right? Yeah. And so, by living in that mentality, then that means that you have to act and do the right things right so that you and by accepting his grace that means you're going to do the right things yeah but what that all that whole thing does is it cheapens the grace of Jesus mm-hmm. and it makes it so that I have earned something right and you can earn something if you just do this you you immediately put yourself on the pedestal yes which is the opposite of any good but religion. it's the greatest trick though because it feels spiritual and right right and it sounds spiritual and right. Well, they've, they've, I mean, look, people have made a lot of money off yeah. of convincing you that it's a multi level marketing scheme. And like, I remember in youth group, like yeah. being told it is a multi level <laughs> If market. you get three friends like, and dude, those I friends remember, get three friends, our youth group will be huge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, it. Yeah. It was just like, it was like, look, it started with 12. 
Yeah. The pyramid had a very <laughs> like yeah, just, I mean, and they show it on the screen. They show they it, show on, it and, and then how it, it grows. Yeah. And like I get the point. But to be fair, that is how discipleship sure, works. Right? Sure, sure, sure. But here's the difference sure. is like I I don't think I ever made a profound impact on somebody's life hmm. while I was evangelizing. Yeah. The most important person I ever was was when I connected with a person human to human. I love you. I have no goal in this, whether it was picking up a hitchhiker and going to get dinner. Mm-hmm. There was never a, a, an intent there. That was the yeah. best part of that religion is it validated the part of me that loved very strongly. That's a thing that I have yeah. that I don't accredit to the church or Christianity in general. That's like sure. a family thing that I have, but the gospel validates that feeling. Sure. And I think the worst I ever felt was when I wasn't living that out, when I was proselytizing to somebody or painting myself as better than somebody yeah. because of this thing that I I believed, you know, that I was like, you have to believe this or else, you know, what's that going to say about me? I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't save you. I, I let well, another one go. Comes, you have to because it comes back to me. Right. It, and it's, it's, it reflects on me. Yeah. And yeah. that's like, uh, you know, the opposite of what I've wanted and who I've tried to be. And so, yeah, yeah. I think now it's been a process of like, who, who am I? What am I? How do I feel? Yeah. So coming out of that then, and you said that you, you would go to a church and you would kind of feel spiritually numb. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel spiritually numb? Like where are you at on spirituality? Yeah, there's just, there's like, you know, there's not really anything there. I've here's what I love about Christianity is that it says love your neighbor mm-hmm. without condition. Yeah, there is no unless or except. It is just that. Yeah, right. I've always loved the idea of love God, love people, mm-hmm. and I think what I always hated is the churches that I was there that said that loved God and the people were themselves. And then it was, Mm -hmm. we'll help other people if we can. And so now I love the idea of pursuing something bigger than me, whether that be the barrel and comedy, trying to make the world, my immediate surroundings better. Sure. Selfishly sometimes, but also trying to be selflessly. You know, I don't have a, motive in mind it's like sure. i just i i always love to treat people as you want to be treated like it's yeah. hacky and hokey but like it sticks with me that's yeah. like how i try to interact with my friends and and all of that and so my life has been very good post church yeah and would you say post christianity you know cuz you, you're not saying that I haven't, I haven't committed to it yet. You know, okay. I'm like, it's like you're, it's, it's an identity change. You know, yeah. it feels like a very much a transitional period where it's like, I, I don't know what I am. I've done drugs to find out. I've mm. like, you know, did psychedelics for the first time this year to like, see if I got mm. any answers. Okay. And did you, I mean, the only thing I got was like, God, I love my friends. Yeah. I'm like, I'm having the best time 
with my favorite people sure. and I just want to like, I want to enjoy this moment and I want to love these people and I want to feel this more. Right. That's what I kept getting out of it. And I don't think that like tells you the truth or anything, but sure. like it has been a very much like, well, I haven't, yeah, I haven't found a way back. I've tried to listen to some Christian podcast or, you know, I try and go back and listen to some old Christian music. I see if Jimmy Needham has the same, <laughs> same pull of my heart that he used to. <laughs> that hipster Christian. That's who I was. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. You know, that stuff was great, but like, yeah, there's something, there's definitely like a blinder on sure where it's like, when I think about it now, I'm just so immediately yeah. turned off that it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I'm a Christian in the way that I believe Jesus Christ was a person. I believe he died and I imagine it's for our sins. Like that's like, I'm like, Oh, well, okay. I mean, yeah, that feels like a story that I can just like get behind. Okay. Because no matter what, I think what I've learned is I feel like I'm always telling myself a different story. Sure about what happened or how it happened or anything. And at a certain point, you're like, I just want to accept yeah. something. And this feels like the thing I know the most about. Yeah. I don't have enough time to read a whole nother book. <laughs> I don't have, I can't be out here. I can't switch to something new. No, sure. it's either, sure. again, it's either this or it's that. It's but either that or it's like. What would it take then? And this is the last question in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, what would it take then for you to go back to a church? If someone invited you, would you go? Oh, it would depend. Because another reason I want to do this podcast uh -huh. is a lot of in high school and in college, the mantra of you know so many friends are just one invite away, right? Uh, was kind of true. Uh -huh. You know, I just had to invite a friend to church. Sure. But as an adult, um, I don't know if people are taking into account that there's a lot more to that question. Yeah. And so I'm asking, what would it take for you to go back to a church? If somebody randomly asked me if I wanted to go to church right mm -hmm. now. Someone you didn't know. Somebody I didn't really know. Yeah. Or I had maybe just met. Right. I would ask them, how much are they paying me to do a set? <laughs> that would be my first. Right. And then I would make fun of them. Yeah. Because it's an asinine question to ask somebody you barely know. You know, sure. to me, a church is like a date. Like, it's a very intimate thing. You know, this yeah. is my belief. These are my people. This is my community that I hold very, I hold as a sacred part of me, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I think if you were to ask me to go to church, maybe if there was like a good, if there was a good hook, if there was sure. like, this church has a petting zoo. But why? why? Like, like, why? Because we have a friendship? Yeah, because we're like, and I trust you. Mm. Like as a Christian, I trust you. You yeah. and I don't always see things eye to eye, but we also like, we see way more things in common than we don't. Yeah. And I trust that at the end of the day, if you were asking me to go to a church. You it, trust that I wasn't setting you up. Right. Or it wasn't because you wanted me to get saved. It mm. was because you were like, hey, you're my friend. Yeah. You might like this. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you hate this. Friends have invited me to escape rooms before, and I'm like, this is awful. Have you been to an escape room? They're terrible. And you know what? If somebody invites me again, so left, I could. <laughs> <I do. laughs> 
if somebody invites me to an escape room again, now I know. I, well, but if they're close to me, <laughs> <laughs> if I know they love me, I mean, but if I know that, like, I trust them, yeah, <laughs> and they go, I, I think you'd like this, and it would also have to be for their birthday or something. <laughs> have to be like a. A reason. If you were like speaking at a church, I would go to that church. I hate that. That's funny. <laughs> but I think. What if I was like, speaking in an escape room? Oh uh, no! Not a <laughs> I'd watch the live stream. That's There's the security <laughs> camera the security that they. Camera <laughs> I'm doing the escape room, and I'm like, you know, just as difficult as it is for me to escape this room, it's like me trying to escape my sins. <laughs> Without the <laughs> dude, the next sermon. Have you seen these over the top sermons? He's uh, like, uh, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm chained up, and oh, I'm like yeah. pulling myself, or yeah. I'm like walking on water. Like these weird over the top. Weird the next one is, is going to be, room. yeah. There's going to be some Baptist church that has like, a, uh, like a set designer, yeah. uh, on staff on accident. You know, that's what he does in his meantime. Sure. And then yeah, we're like, a guy who just makes escape rooms. Yeah, he can make it. And the pastor goes. <laughs> Oh, we could use that. <laughs> Put one on the stage next week. <laughs> I've got a sermon. Yeah, but I think. I, go ahead. Sorry. I, I What I was going to say um, is I think that it really just takes a connection to the person. Yeah. And I never saved anybody before. But when I got to Kansas City and I was at the cause, that was the most me that I've ever felt in a church. Looking back, like if I. Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty because I wasn't legalistic. And I wasn't turned up to a 12. I was kind of sitting there like a seven or eight. I was like, oh, this is fun. I like this. I have a community, people that I trust. Yeah. And I had comedians reaching out to me. Mm. And I had people asking me, hey, how do you wrestle with your faith? Hey, how do you, you yeah. know, justify these things? And then I could be like, well, do you want to come to church? You know? And then I had people yeah. that wanted to come and check it out and were actually interested rather than being manipulated. Yeah. They were just like, oh, this is my friend who believes this thing that is at least interesting to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll talk to him about it. And I think that's kind of the important piece is the thing that I've gotten is like less spiritual, sure. but way more human, like way more yeah. like, I just want to connect. I'm so lost in what there's 6 billion of it. I got no clue yeah. how any of it works. What do you think? Like, that's the kind of stuff that I like, you know, Hey, who are you? And those conversations are best in relationship. Yeah. It's, it's like if you wanted to talk to somebody about, um, like if I was, if like going, going through a breakup, I wouldn't just dump all this stuff on a stranger. You're just dumping at that point, yeah. you know, but somebody who knows the intricacies of you and knows the context of your relationship or, or you leave um, uh, a long position that you've had and you're starting a new chapter in life at a different, you're moving to a different state. You want to surround yourself with people who know you right? because in that knowing there is safety and that is the only place to have real vulnerable communication for sure. And so which and that's what's always fascinated me about our like my faith uh, and the way of following Jesus is that it is inherently vulnerable in saying God I, I don't know. Yeah, I am stuck at the end of myself. I can't get myself out of whatever this numbness whatever this is. Um, and in order to have that vulnerability with God, um, that's the the 
starting place, but then to be able to have that communication and that vulnerability with someone else mm -hmm. is the only way to genuine, true Christian community. And yeah. so, and that can never start with manipulation, right? Yeah. Well, that was my buddy Steven. Thank you so much for checking out this episode again. Definitely follow him. Steven Taylor, a uh, very funny comedian based here in Kansas City. You're going to want to know him for a long time. Uh, and also while you're here, please leave a podcast review. It's very, very helpful to help uh, this podcast get in front of other people who might enjoy these conversations as well. So go ahead and leave five stars for that. Go follow Steven. He's a good dude and we'll see you next week for another episode of they don't bite. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.